6640. Your future lies in 6640. 66 books by 40 authors, and yet we now discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time domain. Welcome to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher is Chuck Missler, connecting the Bible to your life and the world around you. In today's study, Chuck continues his teaching on the book of Psalms, chapters 101 through 106. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they shall wax old as a garment. As a vesture, thou shalt fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. So the writer to Hebrews quotes this psalm and, and applies it to the Messiah. So it's for that reason we call that psalm clearly a messianic psalm. Okay? And it concludes, the children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall be established before thee. So clearly, Psalm 102 applies to Jesus Christ. It's his, it's his prayer of sorrow and trouble. And this is the king in Gethsemane, I suspect, his humiliation before his exaltation. And, and that is set forth in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he hath offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. And it goes on. The Hebrews writer is talking about our Messiah. But again, ties this back to his prayers and supplements with the strong crying and tears and so forth. So that's the wrap up, if you will, of that psalm. Let's move on to Psalm 103. And this is a delightful psalm of praise. There are no requests in it. It's all praise. Psalm 103. It's one you may want to memorize. It's divided into four parts. The admonition for the present, a declaration concerning Yodhevavhe or Jehovah, if you will, declaration concerning man, and a proclamation for the future. This is as J. Vernon McGee's outline that he uses, and I've chosen it here. So let's take a look at the admonition for today. Little two verses that open this that are a great little doxology or benediction. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Easy to remember. And all that is within me. All appears nine times in this psalm. And by the way, with my tongue in my cheek, I usually point out this is a great psalm when you discover you've started dinner and hadn't said grace yet. Use Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Okay? <laughs> Bless his holy name. <laughs> and forget. <laughs> but by the way, just so you know about those things, uh, the Jews pray before and after every meal. So you might uh, give that some thought. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. That says it all. Then he has a declaration concerning yod heh Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with the loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Wow. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. 
I found out my wife's secret. I've been married to a 20-year-old for, for 50 years. And now I know how she renews her youth, why she is so lovely. Right there. Right there. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. So the third part is a declaration concerning man. We've talked about Yorivave. Let's talk about man. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Wow. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. You know, if God dealt with us according to our sins and according to our iniquities, none of us would be saved. Praise God that he doesn't do that. It's interesting that the psalmist doesn't say as far as the north is from the south, because the north from the south is what? 4,000 miles, right? In rate, isn't it there, or is it 8,000? It's 8,000, because it's 4,000 radius, right, the world? The point is it's a finite number. From north to south pole is a finite distance. From the east to the west is forever. That's an infinite distance. Because you keep going east or going west, you can, you can keep going west, you know, forever. So... One's infinite. One's finite. One's infinite. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it and is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. And then we have a proclamation for the future. For the, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. To such as keep his covenant, to those that remember his commandments, to do them. Aye, there's the rub. Hmm? The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all. You can't avoid sin, but you certainly don't want to avoid dealing with it. Remember the Christian's bar of soap. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Not us. He is faithful and just. To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can depend on his faithfulness. Because we will, when we do stumble, he's there. Pick us up. The Lord prepared his throne in the heavens. His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And the key word there is mine. Does your soul bless him? Bless the Lord, O my soul. Okay. Now we have a psalm of praise to the creation itself. And as you if you study this, when you get home with your notes, you might review this psalm and put it right alongside Genesis chapter 1. They're not exactly in step, but provocatively so. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. 
who covers thyself with light as with a garment, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. This first direct quote of God in the book of Genesis, let light be, right? Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters, who maketh the clouds his chariot, who walketh upon the wings of the wind. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. And uh, see, on that second day of creation, he talked about stretching out the heavens and the ferment, the, the ferment uh, in the midst of the waters, and let the waters divide the waters. Is this just a metaphor, stretching the heavens? We see that all through the scripture. He will own stretches out the heavens in Job 9. Stretching out the heaven like a tent curtain in Psalm 104 we just read. Uh, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. So Isaiah 40. He stretched out the heavens in Jeremiah 10. The Lord who stretches out the heavens in Zechariah chapter 12. In fact, we could quote a lot of places where he says that. There's quite a bunch of them. We know today that space, that we call empty space, is not really empty. It's not an empty vacuum, contrary to our popular belief. Isaiah tells us it can be torn. Psalm 102 tells us it can be worn out like a garment. Remember that? It can be shaken, according to Hebrews 12, Haggai 2, and Isaiah 13. It can be burnt up in 2 Peter 3. It can split apart like a scroll in Revelation 6. Aha, I hear it. And it can be rolled up like a mantle or a scroll in Hebrews 1 and Isaiah 34. That's a clue. Because for something to be able to be rolled up, there's some sense it has to be thin. And there must be some dimension it can be bent toward, if you will. Right? So there must be a dimension which can be thin. A space can be bent. So there's direction that it can be bent. So we know that space has more than the three dimensions we're aware of. And that's the great discovery of 20th century science. There are additional spatial dimensions. We now suspect there's at least 10 of them, four are directly measurable, six are curled in less than 10 to the minus 35 centimeters. So that's interesting. We can go into all of that. We do in our Genesis commentary. We'll pick it back. Let's pick up Psalm 104 and keep going here. Who maketh his angels, spirits, his ministers a flaming fire? Who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever? And... Uh, Thou coverest with a deep as with a garment, the water stood above the mountains. And at thy rebuke they fled, at the voice of thy thunder they blasted away. Third day of creation, God said, let the waters in heaven be gathered together under one place and let the dry land appear. And uh, he put the waters above and clouds do carry quite a bit of water, by the way. And he divides the land and the waters and so on. If they go up by the mountains, they go down by the valleys into the place whereof thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over that they turn not again to cover the earth. He sent the springs into the valleys which run among the hills. And uh, they give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. By them the fowls of the heaven have their habitation which sing among the branches. He watereth the hills from his chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of thy works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle the herb for the service of man, that he may bring forth food out of the earth, and the wine that maketh glad the heart of man, and the oil to make his face to shine, and the bread which strengtheneth a man's heart. You know, one of the things we take for granted is the astonishing aspect of this creation is the partnership between the plants, the animals, the air, and so forth. The plants that make the air, that, require, that then generate, the plants that take the, the uh, CO2 and... and, and uh, 
the water and, and, and uh, uh, generate oxygen and sugar, more sugar than the plant needs. That sugar eventually becomes food. And uh, uh, the, the, the partnership between the plants and the animals, that whole water cycle, is astonishing. And uh, the intricacy of design. Um, it's, you know, every time I watch an animal eat or even eat dinner myself, it fascinates me to see this diversity of food that we eat. The body knows w how to break that down, get what it needs, and pass on what it doesn't need. And uh, the diversity, the complexity is staggering. <laughs> Uh, the design, the elegance of that, the elegance of that design is just uh, staggering. It's amazing to me. In fact, it's the definition of absurdity to ascribe the elegance of that design to random chance. That's just ridiculous. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. The cedars of the Lebanon, which He hath planted, where the birds make their nests, and as for the stork, the fir trees are her house. The high hills are a refuge for the wild goats and the rocks for the conies. He appointed the moon for seasons and the sun knoweth his going down. The sun and the moon move according to a schedule. Don't try to tell me that we live in a meaningless universe. One of the most astonishing discoveries of modern science is what they call the anthropic principle. The realization that virtually every ratio, every mathematical thing we encounter, if you adjust it just a little, life becomes impossible. There are over a hundred of those. Some, if you change it one part and over a million, life ceases to exist. The delicacy of the balances are astonishing. Not only is the universe designed for man, we now realize the universe was designed to be discovered. The frequency of sensitivities, the, distance between the, the distances and size of the moon, the earth, and so forth, the create a solar eclipse is what opened the door to spectroscopy to see the rest of the universe. We're located in the galaxy in that place where you can see the universe. You couldn't do it if you were elsewhere. And on it goes. It's just amazing. The, not only is the anthropic principle to the teleological principle, it's also recently been recognized. But let's talk about these seasons. You see, the, the, it said the, 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 the point of the moon for seasons. That, the term there is hamoyadim. In Genesis 1.14, there's a verse. God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. The word for seasons is hamoyadim. It really means the appointed times. It's translated as seasons. The appointed times... Every Jew knows that there are 70 appointed times. There are 52 Shabbats, Sabbaths, plus seven additional uh, things. There are seven days of Passover, and, and, and using that connotatively, the other feast days that are part of that group. The, there's the Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. There's Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And seven days of Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles. And the Shemini Yetzirah, the Eighth Day of Assembly. Every Jew knows that there are 70 appointed times, Okay. Why is that so significant? Well, we discover that if we take the term hamoyadim and we, statistically, the frequency of those letters would expect those letters to occur in that order five different times in the 78,000 letters of the book of Genesis. But we discover by searching with a computer, it, as an equidistant letter sequence, it appears only once in the book of Genesis. It's centered, it, it, the interval is 70, and it sits right centered on Genesis 1.14. Did that, is that just an accident? 
The odds against this, of this happening just by random accidents is better than, is something greater than 70 million to one. That's why that rabbis say coincidence is not a kosher word. Now, Rabbi Hirsch is famous for his remark. He said, the Jews' catechism is his calendar. You need to understand the appointed times. The feasts of Israel. You've got three spring feasts. You have three fall feasts. And you have one strange one in the first, the first, in the first month, the, the three fall in the seventh month. And you have this strange one in between the Feast of Weeks, the seven feasts of Israel. Every one of them has a historical purpose. Every one of them has a prophetic target. And understanding those is really required reading on the part of every Christian. But let's us move on back to Psalm 104. So much for the seasons. Thou makest darkness, and it is night, wherein the beasts of the forest do creep forth. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their meat from God. The sun riseth, and they gather themselves together and lay down in their dens. Man goeth forth unto his work and to his labor until evening. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom thou hast made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships. There is that Leviathan whom thou hast made to play therein, which is detailed for you in Job 41, for those of you that haven't explored that. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season, that thou givest them they gather, thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled, thou takest away their breath, they die, and return to dust. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. He looketh on the earth and trembleth. He toucheth the hills, and they smoke. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. Okay, let's go to this. Now we have two psalms finishing this segment that are historical psalms. Psalm 105, 106. Psalm 105 is a hymn to God in history from Abraham to Moses. And I suspect it was written by David because the first part of this psalm is the same as 1 Chronicles 16, which tells about the time that David brought the tabernacle to Jerusalem. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name, let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face evermore. We're going to have this psalm, on the one hand, focus on the works of God, and yet contrast it with the failure of the people. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. made the covenant with Abraham, but he confirmed it with an oath to Isaac in Genesis 26 and so forth. 
saying, unto thee will I give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance, when they were but a few in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it. It's interesting that that commitment, that covenant to Abraham, is what's being challenged by the world to this very day. When they went from one nation to another and one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong, yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. <laughs> Verse 15 I used in a corporate debate. There was a, a partnership between three people many years ago. Jack Hanslake and Bob Hawkins and Hal Lindsey at a company called uh, Vision House. And uh, the two partners, the two principal partners, Jack Hanslick and Bob Hawkins were not getting along. Hal asked me to step in as a, a mediator. And it was clear they were not going to get along, so we ended up dividing it into two parts. We cut the baby in half. Huh? And uh, Jack Hanslick took Vision House and we split up half the company and it became Harvest House under Bob Hawkins Sr. Bob Hawkins Jr. now runs Harvest House. And, uh, but I remember in that dispute, I got them both to acknowledge, because here's Hal, who's sort of the, the partner with both of them, and says, I got them both to, is, is Hal anointed of God or not? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Then I put the psalm. I said, okay, touch not mine anointed. And do, my prophet, no harm. And that got them all very agreeable. He says, okay, guys, we'll just cut the baby in half. You each take half and see what happens. Vision House later got acquired by Gospelite or some other publishing company, and Harvest House grew to be one of the primary publishers in the Christian field, now run by Bob Hawkins' son, Bob Hawkins, Jr. But uh, I remember playing, you know, corporate mediator, using 105.15 as my springboard. Anyway, moving on. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. There's something that you don't find in the Scriptures. I didn't know he had fetters on his ankles. He was laid in iron. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance, to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. I wish he'd teach some of our senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to hate his people, to deal subtly with his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he'd chosen. So here you got just an encapsulation of the late part of Genesis into the early part of Exodus. They showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. Boy, that's an understatement. He sent darkness and made it dark. And they rebelled not against his word. He turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. And their land brought forth frogs in abundance in the chambers of their kings. He spake, and there came diverse sorts of flies and lice in all their coasts. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. 
He smote their vines and also their fig trees, and he brake the trees of their coasts. He spake, and the locusts came, and the caterpillars, and that without number. He did eat up all the herbs in their land and devoured the fruit of their ground. He smote also the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. He brought forth also with silver and gold. He brought them forth. Remember, they, they came out wealthy. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed. <laughs> they sure were. They were glad to get Israel out of their hair after all those plagues. Israel, Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. And uh, the psalmist recites Israel's history as something indeed to praise, sing praise about. He spread a cloud for their covering and a fire to give them light in the night. The people asked, and he brought quails and satisfied them with the bread of heaven, the manna, right? He opened the rock, and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river. They found that rock, by the way. And the erosion there is astonishing. Out in the middle of the desert, by Jabal Allah's, the real Mount Sinai. Fascinating discoveries. For he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. He brought forth his people with joy, and his chosen with gladness. And he gave them the lands of the heathen. And they inherited the labor of the people, that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise ye the Lord. This is going to be followed by another historic psalm, and a rather long one, that closes the, this number section. And it follow, the next one follows the wanderings of the children in the wilderness and focuses on their failures. So we're in Psalm 106, the last of this section. Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and that doeth righteousness at all times. You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of Psalms. For a complete listing of resources available, please visit khouse.org. Or you can call us on 1-800-KHOUSE-1. To learn more about Koinonia Institute, visit koinoniainstitute.org. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, may God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word. Music